When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want great new romance books to read but overwhelmed by all the publishing buzz? Let us help. Tell TBR about your reading likes and dislikes and what you're looking for. And just sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there's an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine. So you can treat your shelf and support at Indie 2. And TBR is also available as a gift. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. That's mytbr.co. Hello and welcome back to When in Romance. This is episode 64, and we are recording on Thursday, July 23rd. Third. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Yeah, you got there. You got there. 23rd. I remembered that yesterday was the 22nd, 2020. I am Jess. And I am Trisha. And hello from a very stormy uh, Washington, D.C. Things are... A little thundery here in our nation's capital, so apologies to... Actually, no, I'm not going to apologize. It's a dark and stormy night in Wedding Romance, <laughs> and I think that's nice for everyone. <laughs> I think thunderstorms are lovely. We had some earlier today in Tucson, actually starting very early this morning, but I guess a very different system has made its way to you. Hey, maybe it's the same one, just moving very, very quickly. We don't know. Very quickly. Oh, uh, yeah. We're not meteorologists. We are podcasters. <laughs> So who can say? Indeed. All right. This episode's going to be a little bit different. We're excited about it, though, and we hope all of you are, too. But before we get into it, I did want to mention we heard from our friends at the Mid-Continental Public Library System. Mid-Continent, my apologies, Public Library. We've talked uh, for the last couple of, gosh, two, three, however many years now that we've been doing this, however many summers, I guess this is probably the third, mm-hmm. about the incredible romance genre con that they do at the Mid-Continent Public Library. And great news for everyone who does not live near it. Um, the Thunder is is emphasizing what great news this is. <laughs> uh, they are taking their genre con online. Mm-hmm. So on August 7th and 8th, the library is going to offer a variety of digital events on the Romance Genre Con Facebook page. Some of the biggest names in romance, obviously, probably the biggest name, at least as far as you and I are concerned, Jess Beverly Jenkins mm-hmm. is going to be involved. We've got Julia Quinn, Olivia Waite, Vanessa Riley, whose new book I keep meaning to read and haven't gotten to yet. I'm excited about it. But anyway, we will link to the information in our show notes. My understanding is it's entirely free and open to everyone who's excited about it. So please feel free to take advantage of the opportunity of being able to do such a cool festival online for free. Yes, I have to say that in the midst of 
all of the ridiculous happening in this country, the good thing that has come out of it is the plethora of virtual book events that have been popping up, whether it's, you know, a a bookstore holding their book club online and just inviting anyone who wants to join, whether they live in that area or not, or something like Midcontinent's huge event, which has become a thing of legend kind of in the romance community because a library was able to pull together something that is just so great with <laughs> with library resources. Yeah. yeah. And so and completely dedicated to romance mm-hmm. too, right? Which is I think that's one of the things where you see a big book event for me at least that tends to be put on by a library or a bookstore. A lot of them are multi-genre, which is great, but the fact that um Midcontinent Public Library has been able to do this one for at least the last few years, mm-hmm. focused entirely and get some really huge names in the genre is just just really cool. Right. Like I said, we will link to uh, the, you know, event and all the information in the podcast notes. But in the meantime, huge thanks to the Midcontinent Public Library System for doing this and to Emily, uh, who works with them for letting us know. It's pretty exciting. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Right. Before we get into uh, to all of our many miscellaneous recommendations that we'll talk a little bit more in a minute. Jess, do you want to you do an ad spot? Absolutely. Thank you to Libro FM for sponsoring this podcast. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local independent bookstore at the same price as Audible for a monthly membership. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and some of the hottest new audiobook releases, like Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. Untamed by Glennon Doyle, Wow, No Thank You by Samantha Irby, and The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel. Listeners of When in Romance can get a two-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. So go to Libro.fm, code BR3, to get two months of audiobooks for the price of one. All right, so... Like we mentioned before, this this episode is going to be a little different, and that is partly because we're going to give you a ton of recommendations, but almost none of them are going to be romance books. Mm -hmm. And there's a very specific reason for that. You know, Jess, you talked a little bit in the last episode about how you're having a harder time reading in 2020 than you have in the past. And we heard that from some other people, too. Do you want to I don't know if you have any additional sort of reflections on that experience or what that's been like for you. Um, Sure. So I know that there have probably been a, a few think pieces on why it's been harder to read for so many of us, while other people are finding it much easier to read, you know, anxieties about life, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, versus anxieties about life, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, leading them to consume more. And <laughs> I just find that It's not even always the fact that I have trouble reading, it's that I have trouble sticking to something. So I've probably started 150 books in this calendar year. The question is, how many have I finished? And it's not always because they're bad books, it's just because my brain just gets on something else. Or I have overbooked myself with too many activities and need to stop in order to do something else. So, you know, I I know that if I had time and inclination, I might be reading more. But because I keep saying, yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll do this. I can't read more. And when I do read, I'm not always present. So 
I am sure that there are more people who have this problem as well. And there are other things that I have enjoyed doing that Trisha has enjoyed doing because we just can't get into the best zone for reading. What do you think, Trisha? I think that makes so much sense, Jess. And, you know, I was talking a couple of weeks ago with uh, one of my close friends who is a uh, a counselor, and she was – I was telling her that this has been a really difficult time for me, and I understand that it has been for a lot of people in a lot of ways, and I just – like, there are just things that I feel like I should be able to do more of, right, or I should be more engaged with, or I should be able to do a variety of things. And and she mentioned a quote uh, by Viktor Frankl, um, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, after his experience in a concentration camp. And the quote was something, I'm probably going to get it a little bit wrong, but the, the quote was generally, an abnormal reaction to an abnormal situation is normal. Mm-hmm. Which, for whatever reason, made me feel a lot better about the fact that a lot of my reactions right now are kind of abnormal. And I think the thing that can make that really hard, and you started to touch on this a little bit too, is that there are things that all of us love and enjoy about romance. And if you can't read, you can't get those. Mm-hmm. So how do you find some of those same feelings? And and like you said, I think we both have been able to find some of that. And we decided that maybe what we would do today is just sort of talk through some of the things that we love about romance and that we get from the genre mm-hmm. and where to find that elsewhere. And I kind of just on a whim a couple of nights ago asked the Book Riot Contributor Corps, why do you all read romance? Because I know why I do. Like, I know what I'm looking for from it. I really appreciate the way that it centers non-male characters and, you know, um, the storytelling I always think is really great. I think the humor is amazing. I know you know what you enjoy about it as well, but I was so delighted by the number and depth of responses that we got from our friends and and colleagues at Book Riot about, I mean, like, I don't know how much you had a chance to get through that thread, but I was, it made my week, like, no kidding around. It really did. It was, I, I was watching it in real time and just like my heart was growing and growing and growing. And it was just, it was so wonderful to read those things and be reminded of things that I might not have been able to put into words, honestly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just to give you all just some highlights, we won't we won't quote anyone directly because we obviously don't want to violate the safety or confidentiality of, of any of our friends. But, you know, people talked about escapism and the fact that, you know, sometimes escapism kind of gets a bad rap, but there are people that seek out industries or settings that they normally wouldn't seek out. There are people that go to it to help with their anxiety. Um, somebody was kind of half joking that fictional men are better, <laughs> which, you know. It's hard to say. Um, a lot of people talked about the fact that there's an HEA, uh, and especially right now when things are really difficult, that's the thing they're seeking out. It makes people just feel good. And the you know there are models for relationships and the way that people are, couples can overcome hardships and communicate in an authentic way. A lot of people learned for themselves what they should and, and need to expect from their relationships, that Romantic relationships shouldn't be about suffering. They should be about meshing with someone else. They should be, you know, healthy. Mm -hmm. And 
a lot there's not a lot of models for that out there people talked about the enjoyment for of sex and sexual agency for women they talked about how great the writing is because romance writers actually have to be really talented because there is such a specific structure that they have to work within and i know i've i for one love the way that different people do different things within that Mm -hmm. it's a prolific genre which is delightful because then you just keep getting all these different books someone pointed out that the genre is incredibly topical because the books come out so frequently and so you see discussions of mental health or you see texting or memes explored and you know like humor people love the humor of it someone talked about really relying on romance for queer joy one of my favorite quotes i wish i had asked this person if i could mention their name because it is so delightful but someone mentioned specifically reading historicals and liking the historical fiction setting without the dour vibe of regular historical fiction and the exact quote is all the old-timey clothes and manners and gavots. Is that is that even a real word? Yes, Just yes. It's, 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 a thing. It's, okay. it's a thing, Thank you. I promise. Okay, <laughs> thank you. So all the old-timey clothes and manners and gavots, significantly less of everyone dying of typhoid or whatever, <laughs> which was delightful. I will say the one that stuck out for me was someone who talked about romance as the literature of hope. Mm which is just a really delightful concept and and something I really enjoyed. I don't know if anything stuck out for you in particular. I really liked that language of literature of hope. And, you know, my thing about romance beyond all of these things, which are true, is that there is a formula and it's not, it doesn't have to be adhered to by the word but it is something that sort of is familiar and you do have to have the happily ever after and it's required and you know that going in so no matter what kind of angst and devastation you might get to in the book especially in the dark moment you know that it's gonna end well And that is a really important part to me. And I can definitely agree with the element of queer joy. And we've talked about this, what was it, a month ago? All of the days are running together and I'm trying. I know, yeah. It was either a month or like seven years. I'm not sure. But like one One or the other. One or the other. And being able to see that in ways that you can't always see in other forms of media and in other genres of book. You know, there are some amazing queer stories that are told outside of romance, but this element of queer joy and satisfactory endings for everyone involved. And I know that not every queer story has to be a love story, but when you love love stories, it's good to be able to see all kinds of love stories. Um, so that one, that one stood out to me, especially because it was, it's something that I had been thinking about. So, but also the old timey clothes and manners and gavots <laughs> without the typhoid. <laughs> okay. Can I just ask just a quick question before we like dive into the wrecks? Cause I know we're, 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 we've been at this for a minute, but what is a gavotte? It's a kind of dance. I can't remember exactly. Oh. So it's a, it's a form of music. And in a, in a certain time period, you heard like a certain rhythm of music and there was a dance you did to it, which is why there are so many of certain things like waltzes and polonaises and all of that kind of thing. You hear it and you know exactly what steps to make, even if it's not quite the same one you heard at the last ball. So <laughs> I would you like to know what I was going to bet all the money in my wallet that I was? I would like to know. A kind of pants. <laughs> I definitely, like, I kid you not. In my head, I definitely thought I gavotte was a kind of pants. So, 
apparently I need to read more historical fiction. There is no thing that would argue that it's not a kind of pants. And I honestly have no idea why I know what a gavotte is. <laughs> you know what? I feel like we've already all learned something today. Hooray! It is either the definition of gavotte or the fact that Trisha has no idea what is happening in historical fiction. So either way, we that's where we are. So that's great. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, do you want to start, Jess, or you want me to? Because we, like I said, we we kind of took some of the feelings or or experiences or, you know, just general elements of romance novels that we really appreciate and try to capture what that is and give sort of a substitute for folks who can't read right now as much as they sometimes can. So what do you think? You want to start? I can start. I'm ready. So I will tell you that Disney Plus has been a great balm in my life for the past several months. And one of the reasons is because if you know much about me, well, I don't know, but um, I love Disney movies. Disney movies, especially Disney animated musical movies, are kind of that thing that I go to when I just need a hug. And the one that I've found myself cuddling most in the last several months has been Tangled. And I had it on a few days, well, not a few days ago. It was probably like five years ago. Um, but do we, do we know anything about time right now? <laughs> we do not. I had it on and I realized that one of the reasons I am so connected to Tangled is that it has all of the beats of a romance novel. And I also, it's kind of like the perfect movie. It's got a great story. It's got good voice actors. The art is great. And uh, the music is wonderful. But I was watching, I was like, and that's this part, and that's this part, and that's this part. Oh, it's a romance novel. That's why I like it so much. And not to say that I don't like the others that are elements of their own fairy tale structure, but everything lands so perfectly in Tangled. And if you have not seen Tangled, um, it is the story of Rapunzel, who was kidnapped as a baby for her magical healing hair by a woman named Mother Gothel, who is a, if you have issues with that kind of mother who loves you, but is very um, critical and sarcastic and possessive, just be prepared when coming into this movie, because that is what Mother Gothel is. And she is also, you know, a villain and not a good person. So, um, but anyway, so there's Rapunzel, and then there's Flynn, who's a thief, and he climbs into her tower because he's running away from the best horse in all of cartoondom. And uh, they go on a journey, and it's all great. So, anyway, that's Tangle. <laughs> I feel like the, uh, there was a lot of introduction. I feel like Olaf right now. There was a lot of introduction. <laughs> <laughs> and then stuff happened in the end. Um, but yeah, that that has been a really great balm for me. And it might be for you if you really want a romance novel but can't read words right now. That sounds delightful. And I have to tell you, I actually still have not seen Tangled, but I have a free Disney Plus subscription. So there you go. Here we go. I'm in. The first thing that always jumps out to me when people talk about looking for something that feels good, but is also well-written and is also really funny, is an incredibly underrated television show called Playing House that was on 
USA. It was on, it, there was the first season ran in 2014, the second ran in 2015. And the third, actually, there was a pretty significant break because Jessica Sinclair, who is one of the two creators and stars about the other, is Lennon Parnum, Parham. Uh, I always want to put an extra N in her name, but it's Lennon Parham. Um, Jessica Sinclair uh, dealt with breast cancer over the course of 2016. And so it actually is written into the third season of the show. It's relatively short. There's only, I think, 20 seven episodes maybe 27 30 something like that and it's about these two childhood best friends who have kind of drifted apart over the course of time and who in the very first episode of the first of the three seasons one of them maggie who is is played by lennon parham is pregnant she's having a baby shower and she finds out that her husband has been cheating on her and so she decides to leave him and emma says that she will leave um her job which it seems like it's a little bit of a toxic situation so this isn't one of those like oh she's just leaving to come back to this tiny little uh you know stars hollow type of town Mm -hmm. and they kind of rebuild that friendship and emma's high school boyfriend is played by keegan michael key Mm. uh who is delightful in this show he's like a local police officer he's wonderful like the entire cat it does feel a little bit like gilmore girls but maybe like a little bit more adult Mm. and the thing that's wonderful about all three seasons is that even though there are romantic entanglements and the entire series very much ends and every season does too with kind of like a emotionally satisfying way the central relationship in this show is always these two women Mm. And it is always about their friendship. And there are times when one or the other of them is in a romantic relationship and it impacts it. And they are really honest about it. And they have some really important conversations, but they have them in the way that's just hilarious and wonderful. And I, uh, it's just like so reflective of what it is like to be an adult human person navigating your relationships, mostly platonic, but sometimes romantic. And it, it is delightful. So it's playing house. Unfortunately, I don't think it's tr- if you have cable, you can go onto the USA website and watch it if you like plug in your cable provider information. Otherwise, I do think it is you have to either buy or rent seasons or episodes of it, which season by or episode by episode, I think can get a little expensive. But I think if you it's only three seasons. And I think if you are um just going season by season, it's a little closer to like a 10 or 12 ish dollar purchase per season versus two dollars or so an episode so i would love to be able to recommend something that's streaming for free but i feel so strongly about playing house that i am willing to recommend it even though it's a little bit more on the expensive side awesome i'm gonna have to check that out for some reason that rings zero bells it was it like was just this tiny little thing jess and nobody talked to. it was the kind of thing that if it had been on a different like network if it hadn't been usa if it had been like nbc it would be like parks and rec or you know, so, I mean, it would have that love because it's just delightful. It's the best. Mm, gonna have to check that out. Definitely. Speaking of TV. Okay, so this was inspired by our friend who really likes historical um, fiction, historical romance. But these two recommendations I have for you are actually kind of anti-romance. But Ooh. they are both delightful beautiful like the production the costumes the value and all of that have really good person interpersonal relationships and are also really really funny they both have millions of content warnings but somehow are still really really funny and these are the two best historical television series on hulu 
and they are the great and harlots. Now, um, I'll start with harlots because there's more of that to watch. Harlots is about the people, men, women, and other who are in two very different kinds of Georgian era body houses. <laughs> and one is more of every man's and one is more for the aristocracy and other people who can bring in lots of cash. And they have a huge rivalry for reasons that you don't get into for a while, so I won't tell you what it's about. But they're both very generational, and uh, there are amazing relationships between family members, between enemies, between people and their neighbors, between the people who come into the houses. And the, there is an amazing relationship between the more lower class houses, madam and her common law husband. I'm not sure if they're actually married. He's black, so I don't know if they could have been married, but they've been together for a long, long time. And they just have an amazing romantic relationship that you can hold on to while everything else that's ridiculous and uh, awful is happening. So this one definitely has sexual content. There are issues of consent even some issues of very much non-consent, but that is that is very much telegraphed, so you know when that's going to happen if you do not want to see it. There are some people who are part of a secret society that kind of kidnap and murder people, so there's that. But then there's... It's, it's a very weird combination of things, but I think you will still enjoy it. And there are straight, <laughs> queer everything under the sun because they wanted to pick life as it truly is. And then I'll, I'll go, I won't go as long about, well, about. <laughs> I mean, life as it truly is, but let's be clear. I don't know how many of us belong to secret societies that. That's true. What, it, what was it? Murder people? Yeah, kidnap that... and murder. Kidnap and murder. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, right. But we, we need to be wary of those societies because apparently according to one book that I've been not reading they exist now too um but that's another well, story for another day all right yeah sorry i didn't mean to derail by <laughs> all means okay. continue i just want to talk about the great really quickly because there's only one season and i watched it all in the matter of a weekend um, and the great is about peter the great well the great would be peter the great but it is about catherine the great and it is the anti-romance of anti-romances because you go in and Catherine is has just been betrothed and wed to peter of russia um i don't remember what the family's last name is it's fine people can watch the show this is like a teaser <laughs> and she's going in and she's like i'm going to love him forever and we'll be these great rulers and it'll be wonderful and she gets there and he is the worst like the absolute worst and he's not very smart. He really likes stupid jokes and to play them on people. And he likes violence and uh, farting and, you know, doesn't maintain his library and doesn't want to deal with intellectual things. He just wants to win the war with Sweden, I think, and, you know, be the best ruler Russia has ever had. And eventually she realizes 
she can be the best ruler Russia has ever had. And so we get to follow along with that, but also all of the interpalatial relationships that are happening. Also content warnings for some attempted murder and some actual murder. Sure, like we said, everyday people. Everyday people. Um, Some uh, dubious consent. I don't think there's anything that would classify as non-consent as with sexual activity. Gosh, just be prepared for anything. I can't even remember what all the content warnings for that would be. Or just Google it because I'm sure someone has listed them very thoroughly. It is a 10 episode season and there is probably everything bad. But somehow it is also hilarious and beautiful and heartfelt. And I just love that version of Catherine the Great. I already loved Catherine the Great because I listened to an audio book biography of her like 10 years ago and was fascinated but this version of her is also funny so who knows and i think this the series will be continuing but i can't guarantee that so just go and prepared really you don't you don't wield enough power to be able to guarantee what hulu is going to do jess in the future? i want to guarantee but i you feel know. like you should well we'll work on that <laughs> We'll work on that for now, for for next year's episodes. We'll see. I've got a few more for you, uh, but before I do, I'm going to do a quick ad spot so that we can, you know, so you know what your options are in terms of, you know, getting really involved in the Book Riot community. So uh, our next ad is sponsored by Book Riot Insiders, the digital hangout spot for the Book Riot community. You can enrich your reading life with our Book Riot Insiders perks. We've got three levels to Insiders. Short story, novel, and epic. Get it? Because they're all book related. (laughs) Uh, You can try out any level for free for two weeks. The highlight is our group read hosted online, available to all Epic members. Each quarter, we read a book voted on by Epic subscribers that fulfills at least one task of the 2020 Read Harder Challenge and cap off that read-along with a live chat. Insiders also get access to our new release index so you can keep track of upcoming releases that you're most excited about. You can have exclusive podcasts, including ones that Jess and I both have done, bookish merch deals, and more. So head to insiders.bookriot.com to start your free two-week trial. That's insiders.bookriot.com. All right, let me see what I've got next on my list of helpful, you know, feeling things. (laughs) I'm going to talk a little bit about a couple of superhero graphic novels. And here is why. Because uh, when I've had a hard time reading this year, one of the things that I've done is turn to books with more pictures, Mm -hmm. which I will talk maybe a little bit more about in a minute. But I will say, I think some of the ones that I've found most enjoyable have been ones that kind of have that emotionally satisfying ending. And I don't, I'm not going to say that that's guaranteed in any of your superhero graphic novels, but I feel like it's likelier, maybe in some than in others. And the two that I'm going to mention here, I'll just talk about very quickly, but I, I really enjoyed Ms. Marvel by G. Willow Wilson and illustrated by Adrian Alfana. It's one that people have been talking about for years. It is the story of a young Muslim woman who finds herself in possession of superpowers. And it's a really lovely exploration of some of that tension that 
anyone who is in their teenage, I shouldn't say anyone, many of us who are in our teenage years, who were in our teenage years at one point, for me, it's been a while, (laughs) but feel with, you know, family, but also trying to find independence. And, you know, in this particular case, uh, Kamala is also dealing with um, being a little bit put into an other position because of her religion. And it's just a really emotionally deep in the way that I think a lot of romance is, but it also does have that really satisfying ending, I think. The other that I'll mention is the Green Lantern Legacy middle grade uh, graphic novel that just came out this year. It's by Min Lei and it's illustrated by Andy Tung. I will say full disclosure, Min is a good friend of mine, but I read this book a couple of times this year. And I don't know if it was because I was quite ill the second time or coming off of an illness that I, it felt really different to me both times. And I, I actually think it had nothing to do with illness and was in fact more about the fact that it's just a really well-written, interesting, and again, emotionally satisfying story wherein Ty is a, he is not an immigrant, but his family is, he's from an immigrant family and his, so there is that kind of tension there as well. There's a lot of depth in the story, but he happens to find out that his grandmother, you know, was part of an elite superhero group based in space. (laughs) Again, as happens to many of us. But he's kind of trying to deal with, again, some of those same tensions of family and community and, and where you fit. And it's just, it's also, it's beautifully illustrated. It's a really... You know, one of the things that we mentioned that our friends, you know, on the book writer contributor channel were talking about is storytelling. And I just felt like both of these books were were really lovely stories. And like I said, for a while, there was a period of time where I could kind of only read anything that had pictures, like I need to be able to move through it quickly. Mm -hmm. So if you find yourself in that situation, I would recommend seeking out whatever graphic novel is is appropriate for you. But a lot of the superhero ones do have if not an HGA, at least a, an emotionally satisfying ending. And those two, the Ms. Marvel and the Green Lantern Legacy, are, are two that I would certainly recommend. To piggyback on that, because there is a, a set of two superhero comics that I always recommend, like for some reason, like they have just stuck with me for so long. America, the America, I guess it's a duology because there are two trade volumes by uh, Gabby Rivera and illustrated by Joe Quinones. I definitely destroyed that name. I'm so sorry. And it's just incredibly well written. If you're unfamiliar with America Chavez, she is a powerful superhero who can punch into other dimensions or kick. Um, but it's, it, and she's also like super strong and I think eventually learns how to fly. But it's, it's sort of like her discovering herself, finding her people, finding her other people, and then just being, having all of these words around her written by Gabby Rivera, who is just an amazing writer. And they're sort of a narration that goes through the arc of the two books that is really like, it touches you in a certain way. And like, I actually wrote a few of them down at some point and I don't know what I did with them, but I have the books so I can revisit them anytime I want. And uh, any story that features America is great because she's such a fun character. But I think Gabby Rivera really embodied the essence of her character as she 
goes to university. I think it's like Sonia Sotomayor University too, which is just great. Um, oh, that's the best. And- <laughs> Appropriate. Someday. So yeah, I I am attaching that to Trisha's uh, group of recommended superhero stories. You want to do another one? Just 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 for fun? I'm going to do one that is not watching things. I promise. Perfect. And it is actually something that I didn't think I would enjoy, but I started doing it because I needed something to do with my hands while I was watching a TV show. Uh, because I, I find myself picking up my phone and scrolling on Twitter if I'm not occupied, even if there is something in front of me that is interesting. And that is digital coloring. I don't like real coloring. It stresses me out. Don't know why. I just, every time I've tried it, I've just thrown my hands up in annoyance and frustration, pushed the book away, tossed the pencils aside, and gone and done something else. But digital coloring is like a puzzle. You get an image and a collection of colors by number. It's paint by number, basically. And you find where those colors go and you just tap them over and over again. You're looking, you're seeking out every piece of that color and then you move on. And then in the end, you have this beautiful picture and you can just sit down and do it if you want. Or if you're thinking, I really don't want to stop listening to this audiobook that I was listening to in the car on my errands, but I don't have any dishes to wash. I don't have any books to rearrange. I It's too hot to go out on a walk, and I don't want to see people anyway, so I'm going to sit here in color for the next four hours. <laughs> I'm not saying I did that this past weekend while listening to boyfriend material, but I did that nice. this past weekend while listening to boyfriend mm-hmm. material. Yeah. It, but it's just, it's a great thing to just go to. You can leave it and come back to it and finish it. And if you really can't find a piece that's that color, there are hints. It's, it's a really low key way to relax or challenge yourself, whichever level that you want. And there are tiers. You can do like happy color, which is usually a little easier. I started doing one that's like oil painting coloring that will take you forever to do, but the final image is just so pretty. And like I said, you can do it while you're listening to audiobooks or while you're watching The Great to keep your hand occupied and keep you from doom scrolling. (laughs) So wait, do you use like, is there like an app or a site or something that you use, Jess? Yes, I have. Happy Color is the app that I started with. And it is great. You always get, you don't have to buy any of the images that you use unless you want something fancy. Like they have a Marvel collection and stuff like that that you can buy for like a dollar or something like that. And then Color Planet is the the oil painting one. And there are probably 10 or 20 of these. Those, so those are just the two that I use, but you can probably search whatever application outlet you have for coloring and you'll find you'll be able to pick and choose about what you'd like and what the what the pictures are if you want to go full john singer sergeant or if you just want (laughs) something that looks like something you would have colored as a kid all ranges all types sounds delightful which since that's the theme of this episode i probably have already said three times but it's always true (laughs) Today, it's always true. 
All right. So I will give you, I'm going to give you like a, a few quick recommendations related to sort of that escapism kind of feeling good thing. Mm-hmm. And these are all short. They're all things that can be done within uh, just five to 10 minutes. I was in a, a situation a, a few, about four months ago, where I was I was pretty ill, presumably with COVID. I couldn't get tested, so I'm not sure. But I can tell you that it is, in addition to being sort of a terrifying experience, also an incredibly boring one. Mm. Because I, for me at least, and this is just my own personal experience, I didn't have any attention span to speak of. But also it's boring to do nothing for many hours. Mm-hmm. So that kind of escapism or just sort of like needing a little bit of a break from the reality of life right now tone that some of our, our you know, friends talked about um, when they were talking about what they love in romance really resonated with me. So I'm going to give you two recs and I'm going to give you two within each. So I also, like I mentioned before, have a Disney Plus subscription and I found that Pixar shorts, which are like seven to 12 maybe Mm -hmm. minutes were the appropriate amount of like attention that I had at that time. And some days still I have two that I will mention are Sanjay's super team, which is from 2015. It's a lovely animated short about a child who is trying to balance his interest in video games with the Hindu traditions of his family and how it goes. I'm not going to go any deeper than that, partly because it's short. So you could just watch it and see. (laughs) Pearl is another one from 2018, which is, I kid you not, I was like, how are they possibly going to pull this off? Because it's about a ball of yarn named Pearl, (laughs) who gets a job at like a very bro-centric startup. And, you know, she's got to figure out what she's willing to deal with and not deal with in order to navigate that environment. And it it has a really, both have a really lovely ending, um, emotionally satisfying. The other thing that I did a lot of during that time, and I will say, even if you don't have Disney+, Plus. There are a lot of shorts, whether they're documentary shorts or animated shorts or whatever, available, whether it's on YouTube or in a variety of different places. Just because you don't have Pixar shorts, still feel free to seek that out. The other thing I did was I happen to have, you know, a relatively large selection and collection of picture books, partly because I really like them. (laughs) And sometimes I think maybe I should give all of these away. I was so glad that I didn't when I was trying to like entertain myself for a little bit at a time because I went through probably all of my picture books. Um, Two of my favorites are Click Clack Moo, Cows That Type by Doreen Cronin, uh, illustrated by Betsy Lewin, and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs by Judy Barrett, which is drawn by Ron Barrett. Click Clack Moo is, I kid you not, like a workplace organization slash unionization book. Like, it's hilarious, and it's super funny, and it's incredibly well-written, but it seriously is about, like, workplace organizing in a way. The cows have a typewriter, the farmer's mad about it, and then they, you know, he wants the typewriter, and they're like, we're cold, we need blankets, and then they agree to trade. It's, like, amazing. They bring the chickens in at one point. It's a whole thing. (laughs) Anyway, if you have not recently read Click Clack Moo, please get on it. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was a book that I owned, but had not actually read probably since I was a kid, and it was... The impact of it was so strong for me that I recognized so much of the imagery, even just kind of flipping through it, which is a really lovely experience. So if you have any picture books, or if you have friends that might be willing to loan them to you, or if you if your library is open for any kind of maybe um, non-contact pickup or something, it is worth diving back into the picture book realm, because it's very much another place where 
the structure is really clear and what authors and illustrators are able to do within that existing structure is just incredible and really inspiring. So that's, you know, Pixar shorts, click, clack, moo, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. We'll link to all of it in the episode notes. I guess I'll, I'll just do one more toss out a few more long form things that can scratch that itch whether you are looking for something to sit down in front of for several days or just a couple hours or less than a couple hours. And I love our current situation with television, but also I hate the fact that there is so much to watch and I just (laughs) want to be told what to watch. Um, And if you have that kind of feeling too, I am here to help you. And the first thing that I want to throw out is the bold type which is on Freeform and Hulu, and it just gives me so many feelings. It centers a group of three young women. They're both, I guess, baby millennials. They're in their mid-20s when the show starts, and they they work at a popular magazine, and their boss is basically the best human on the planet. She's supportive. She gives good advice. Um, she's very much not Miranda Priestly. Not Miranda Priestly. What's her name? Is it Miranda Priestly in Devil Wears Prada? I feel like it is. Oh, okay. I knew exactly who you were talking about. So even if it's not, it's close enough. Hooray. Yeah. It's, you all remember her as Meryl Streep in the Devil Wears Prada. (laughs) Um, so they, they have this great friendly relationship and the story over time goes through each of them. Dealing with relationship issues, this is a very melodramatic show. I'm going to tell you that right now. The fourth season just ended, and I have to say that I was not excited about our um, favorite Black queer character's storyline. And the actress who plays her, um, Aisha D, also had a few opinions about it. And the fact that there are no Black queer people in the writing room and that might have influenced where the story went and all of that. But besides that, it's an amazing show. It's really fun and great and pretty and they wear all of these amazing clothes that I'm like, how are people in their... Tw- does this magazine pay amazingly well or what? But anyway, <laughs> so that's the bold type. Um, I also wanted to throw out The Weekend, which is... I watched it on Epix, which is a cable channel. So um, sort of like the show that Trisha mentioned at the top middle of the show. Um, if you have cable, you can log in and use the app for that or the, their website. But I think you can also get it, like rent it on Amazon or whichever your preferred rental space is. And this is um, a pretty new, I think late 2019 or even early 2020 rom-com written by and starring Sashir Zameda, who was on SNL for a while. Um, and it is just super delightful. It's about a group of friends. We, we call them friends who, um, go to stay for a weekend out at a bed and breakfast. And it's actually like, uh, Sashir Zameda's character and her ex-boyfriend who is trying very much to be her friend and his girlfriend. 
So they're like he's trying to get them to be friends, and then there's an, another very beautiful man staying at the bed and breakfast, and there's family relationships and all of that kind of stuff happening. I really recommend watching it. It was a balm of a couple hours to watch um, a f- couple months ago. Can you give us the name again, Jess? It's The Weekend. And then just because I have to mention my three favorite queer rom-coms, which if you listen, once you hear the titles, you'll be like, oh, Jess, you're so old. Uh, so uh, these are three movies that have a very strong place in my heart that I actually haven't watched any of them very recently, so I might have to go do that. And I did not do my diligence and look up where you can find them, but I know that they all live somewhere. And um, those are the three movies are Imagine Me and You, Kissing Jessica Stein, and But I'm a Cheerleader. They all approach queerness and coming out and real realization and self-actualization in very different ways. And if you haven't seen But I'm a Cheerleader, there is the whole storyline is about the main character being sent to um, a pretty ridiculous version of a conversion camp. So if that's something that is going to affect you negatively, I would definitely say think about watching that one but it it's a really darling story and they just all hit me differently at very different points in my life and i just wanted to throw those out there as other things that you might enjoy especially if you are looking for something non-book that really holds that queer joy in its hand and like caresses it i don't know where that was going but anyway imagine me and you (laughs) Kissing Jessica Stein and But I'm a Cheerleader. All of which will also be linked to in our podcast notes. I will give you two more documentaries that serve two very different purposes. Uh, The first is, uh, speaking of queer joy, a documentary about Tig Notaro, who is a stand-up comedian, who, and the documentary is from 2015. So all of the things that they're talking about happened in like 2012, 2013. She went through a really difficult series of events. I will say none of them generally are are related to her queerness. They were more about her health and her family. She she went through an intense medical situation and then her mother passed away unexpectedly and then she was diagnosed with cancer. And I know what you're thinking. <laughs> how is this in any way joyful? But if you are one of those people who is is willing to let someone work toward their happily ever after, then this is a a great documentary for you. Um, She is also hilarious. I actually had the opportunity right before I think they were filming this documentary to see her at a thing called Funniest Fed, which I kid you not is real. Uh, I, a friend of mine had tickets and we went and and she was, I do not remember ever laughing harder because she was like hosting this funniest federal employee competition, which is a thing that can only happen in Washington, Uh D.C. And um, I don't know that I have ever laughed harder than I have laughed at her set. So if you are, are willing to kind of make it till the end, there is an emotionally satisfying happily ever after here. It's even happier if you do a quick Google search after to see how some of the pieces have developed in the last couple of years. So that one's great. 
The other one that I will mention, and I'm I'm only sneaking this one in because I know Jess is super suspicious, but it's <laughs> real, is that for all of those people who talk about romance as a place where they can see some kind of healthy relationship modeling behavior, I posit <laughs> that you should watch the film, the documentary film, Free Solo, <laughs> which is about, <laughs> theoretically, theoretically, it is about a rock climber who is on a quest to perform a free solo climb of El Capitan in uh, Yosemite National Park. And it is about that. But I only watched it last year, which it came out, I think, in, I don't know, 2018, maybe. So I was like a year and a half late to the party. And I remember watching this movie and being like, this is not about climbing. (laughs) It's about his relationship with this woman that they are trying to figure out and make work. And it, I mean... She's lovely, and like there are definitely moments where you're kind of like, I are they going to be able to work this out or that mm-hmm. out? Um, her name is Sandy. His name is Alex. I will do a little bit of feel free to forward right now if you can't handle any spoilers. <laughs> Here's a little service journalism. He survives this climb, yes. <laughs> right? Like that's an important piece to know because much of the film is built around the fact that he very much could die doing this. That is a huge tension in their relationship. The fact that he prioritizes climbing in some ways is a huge tension in their relationship. Mm -hmm. They talk a little bit about some of the neurological differences that he has based on actual like brain scans from other people. But again, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. It has a really emotionally satisfying ending. (laughs) So I kid you not, if you are interested in exploring different kinds of relationships and the way that they can be built I would recommend that you check out Free Solo. I believe it's on Hulu right now. Uh, It might be free in other places, but I'm pretty confident that it's still free on Hulu. So anyway, that's it. uh, Those are two documentaries to find if your brain cannot, you know, comprehend romance right now. That was really great. I support this now. And uh, uh, here's the thing. Thank you. I (laughs) I have seen this movie and you said it and I was like, you know what? Actually, yeah. Yeah, you're you're so right. I mean, there's like all of the elements, like there's a moment, again, this is a little spoiler, but not really like where he falls, but she's the belay. So like she's holding the rope. And so all of his like dude friends like kind of blame her because he's never fallen before, but now he's dating this woman and like blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then like they're navigating some stuff when they start to like move in together. And it's, I mean, it's it's actually really charming and lovely in a way that he is trying harder than he has in the past which still feels like maybe not trying hard but he also he does like his he has like a different brain chemistry than a lot of people do and so Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm just saying 100 percent also about a relationship also the climbing part is cool but you know appreciate it for both i totally support this i absolutely support this all right i think we've done the damage we can do here jess i I think we have i think you're so right (laughs) yeah uh, but thank you all for for um, writing with us while we, we talked about some hopefully things that, you know, you might be able to access that activate some of the parts of your brain that, that romance does for you. We would love, love, love to hear not only what you enjoy about romance, but also what might be able to fill that gap for people. Um, we can certainly talk more about that on another episode if we if we hear from all of you. Yes, absolutely. And as always, you can reach us at the when in romance at bookriot.com email address. I am on Instagram and a little bit once in a while on Twitter. Uh, both places I'm at Trisha Haley Brown. And I am uh, always on Twitter at Jess is reading and 
getting better at making sure to go on Instagram at least once a day. Hey, look at you. <laughs> at Jess underscore is underscore reading. Thank you, as always, to our wonderful audio editor, Jen Zink, who probably had to at least try to edit out a lot of thunder and who I can tell you for sure had to edit our ad spots because I messed mine up, as always. <laughs> um, so thanks to Jen. Please do rate review the show and really, really do let us know what you're reading if you can read right now, what you aren't reading, what you're doing if you can't read. Just let us know how you're doing and what's going on and we'll talk a little more about it next time. Absolutely. And as always, happy reading or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Happy reading or whatever. (laughs) Thanks, everybody.